Greetings and welcome to episode number five of the Classical Guitar Composers Podcast. I am your host, Chris, and I'd like to thank you for joining me today and bid you welcome. And if this is your first time joining me for this show, Classical Guitar Composers Podcast is a show where I feature original classical guitar music submitted by listeners or whoever sends it to me. If you have written music for the classical guitar and you'd like to have it featured on this podcast, please send me an mp3. You can send that to chris at classicalguitarcomposers.com. Send me an mp3 recording and any information you'd like me to include, um, maybe a little bit of background about your piece, whatever you want. And if you would like to listen to previous episodes, you can probably find those wherever you found this one. And for those of you who have been listening to me and um, have enjoyed the show and are still listening, um, I'd like to thank you, first of all, for listening, and I invite you to please um, give me a review on iTunes, um, preferably positive, and I also welcome any feedback uh, to that same email address that I mentioned just a moment ago. Um, But any uh, review... Um, can really help grow the show, and I'd, I'd really appreciate it. So as I've said, I've got a great show for you today. Uh, we're going to pick up right where we left off from the last episode and play another piece by David Malmberg, as promised. And that will be followed by the first ever submitted guitar duet to the show and so I will be getting to that a little later but I'm very excited about that alright, it is a beautiful sunny day here in Utah um, if I haven't said so already I just got back from disc golfing and it was very hot but um, good time nonetheless and, and so now it just seemed like a f- perfect time to sit down and uh have an iced tea and listen to some classical guitar music. So, my tea glass is full of, and I'm ready to go. Now, before I get to the music, I just want to reiterate the thing I've been saying every episode, um, that the show has a lot of listeners, and the count continues to grow, um, but there are not a lot of submissions. And every submission so far has been fantastic. Um, And uh, you may have noticed this episode is coming to you a little bit later in the month. That's mostly just because it's been a really busy month. But uh, just in time, um, I got another submission for this one, um, which is the duet. And Travis, the composer, um, he first emailed and asked if I was interested. And then he recorded the piece. And... The reason I'm bringing this up is because I know many of you out there have written a piece and you'd like to send it in, but you haven't recorded it yet. So just record your piece. Um, You know, here's some motivation for you. You record your piece, you send it to me, and it's going to be featured on the show. Or maybe uh, you haven't finished your piece, piece that you've maybe been working on a long time. I would encourage you to finish that piece and use the show as motivation to get it done. And you've been putting it off way too long. You know, 
Maybe uh, you you have a a Stewie Griffin type friend who, you know, give you a little elbow jab. Still working on that uh, sonata? Hmm? Weren't you working on a sonata? Didn't you get one started a long time ago? Hmm? Maybe you got that first movement going? Try your hand at sonata allegro form? Got a primary theme? Strong secondary theme? Big exposition. Going into a strong development section. Intertwine the two themes together. Have you got the recapitulation yet? Finish your piece. You can do it. Alright, so now that I have thoroughly annoyed half of my audience, um, let's move on to the music. As you know, this is a great time to push pause and refill your glass with whatever it is that gets you in the mood to listen to great music, and uh, sit back and relax, and let's find out what kind of journey our composers this week are going to take us on. Alright, so as I said earlier, we are going to start with uh, another piece by David Malmberg. David Malmberg finishes his pieces, and... uh, So this is the other one he sent in, and after totally butchering the name of last week's, I'm sure... Oh boy, my phone's ringing. Hold on, hold on. Scammers. Hello? Hey, this is Brenda calling about your federal student loan. You have been approved I don't have a student loan. ...plans that include complete forgiveness. Please press 1 to be connected with our office. Do you think Brenda listens to the show? Let's find out. Oh, man. Well, I guess my debts cannot be forgiven. Anyway, so I was saying that I'm going to totally botch this pronunciation again, but um, David actually sort of spelled it out for me. Um, to make it obvious, and but I still didn't trust myself to get it right, so I looked it up on the internet and found a pronunciation of it. So this is the Minogen Variations. And David writes, Minogen is in reference to a wilderness canoe camp in northern Minnesota. The main motif is based on the Minogen camp song, followed by four, four variations and a recapitulation of the main motif. It comes off my CD entitled Forever and a Day. And uh, once again, I am going to post on the Classical Guitar Composers website, classicalguitarcomposers.com, information where you can get to David's website and you can find this CD as well. And if you enjoy uh, these pieces, um, I encourage you to... um, look into purchasing some more of the music by these composers. Um, Once again, thank you uh, to David Momberg for sending in this music and helping uh, contribute to my podcast. Um, It is much appreciated. And without without further ado, here is the Minogen Variations by David Momberg. Thank you. 
We have just been listening to Minogen Variations by David Malmberg. Thank you, David. And once again, you can find links to David's um, website at classicalguitarcomposers.com. That's www.classicalguitarcomposers.com. And um, all the information from today's show will be there. Um, You'll be able to find it under episode 5. All right, and our next piece is by a composer named Travis James Turcott. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, Travis. Uh, Travis James Turcott. And Travis has a master's degree in classical guitar performance, and he comes to us from St. John's, Canada. All right, so Canada is representing in this show. They are coming in strong again. And uh, just the North in general, with David coming from uh, Minnesota. Uh, A very northern episode for you this week. (laughs) I've been trying to make a decision here on um, what to read, because Travis has some really cool um, reading that goes along with the piece. And so this movement, or excuse me, this piece is in five movements, and there's information on each movement. And so what I think I'm going to do is actually read the whole thing um, before each movement. And unfortunately, uh, my dramatic reading skills are um, poor, to say the least, but um, I think it's it's going to add to the music, um, and you can really um, hear what he's going for. Um, when you read this. So this is really cool. Travis also uh, was kind enough to include the score. um, And uh, (laughs) I'm always appreciative of that. If any of you want to send the score along with your submission, you certainly don't have to. But uh, I am like a a compulsive collector of sheet music for classical guitar. Like, I'll take anything. And... uh, I like to just, um, at the very least, practice my sight reading, but I also, um, I just love guitar music, and um, it can be fun to, like, thumb through the shelf and, you know, come across something I've never played or never heard. I've actually done that sec- uh, several times. Um, side note, real quick, we're going to go down a little uh, side road tangent here. I um, I came across something that uh, someone had given me. It's it's the um, Capriccio Diabolico by uh, Castelnuovo Tedesco, which is, you know, a very well-known piece and a, a great piece nonetheless. Um, but I found this version that someone had given me that is the original version, untouched by Segovia. And there's a lot of really cool stuff in there that Segovia cut out. And... Uh, so I've been, tr- I actually tried to learn it as is, um, I, I worked on that for a few months and I finally said, screw it, uh, because it was just way too hard. Sokovia cut a lot of stuff because it was unplayable, but he also, um, cut out stuff unnecessarily in my opinion, um, and added things very unnecessarily, uh, to the detriment of the piece at times and this this piece is a victim of, of too much editing, in my opinion. So I've been trying to come up with something between the two. Um, well, I have. Uh, not, I'm just trying to get it in my fingers, because that, that piece is hard. But uh, the best part about it is it, that, that 
stupid um, Paganini quote that comes out of the blue at the end. It, it wasn't originally in there. <laughs> you know, was, I, I love Paganini, um, and the piece is an homage to Paganini, but the quote from his second violin concerto that just pops up out of nowhere at the end doesn't fit, and it's just intrusive, and what uh, Tedesco originally wrote is, is much better. Um, anyway, we were talking about uh, Travis and his sheet music, so... I love to uh, hoard sheet music, and uh, I love to thumb through it, and sight read, and maybe come across little gems like that once in a while. So if you do send me a score um, along with your piece, um, that's something I would enjoy thoroughly and appreciate. And it will be filed away, and it will not be getting passed around the internet. You wouldn't need to worry about anything like that. Anyway... Back to Travis's piece. Okay, so again, this is um, a work in five movements. Um, and let me just pull this page open again. Somehow I've lost it. Okay, so the work is titled The Odyssey. It's brand new, um, 2018 piece. And uh, it begins with this preface. Uh, the first movement is titled Calypso. And here's Travis's preface. This work was composed for guitar duo and is programmatic. It was written as an homage to the guitar trio Alice in Wonderland by Claude Gagnon. The piece takes listeners through Odysseus's journey home after the Trojan War and recounts some of the major events in the Odyssey. Both performers should do their best to bring the story to life. This movement represents Odysseus. Odysseus realizing that he must return to Ithaca f for to live as an immortal with Calypso would mean that he would be forgotten amongst the Greek Achaeans. This is a hero's call to arms. Musically, the key to this movement is terraced dynamics. So then, royal son of Laertes, Odysseus, man of exploits, still eager to leave at once and hurry back to your own home, your beloved native land, Good luck to you, even so. Farewell. But if you only knew, deep down, what kind of pains are fated, you'd fill your cup before you reach that shore. You'd stay right here, preside in our house with me, and be immortal. Much as you long to see your wife, the one you pine for all your days.
second movement is titled Polyphemus, the Cyclops. In this movement, Odysseus and his men have reached the Cyclops' island and have been trapped there for some time now. Odysseus has stood by and watched the savage, cre the savage creature feast upon his men. Odysseus, being a man of wit, devises a plan to escape the island. This involves getting Polyphemus drunk and blinding him. Polyphemus lay with his neck aslant and sleep. That conquers all laid hold on him. And from his gullet came forth wine and bits of human flesh, and he vomited in his drunken sleep. Then I thrust the stake under the deep ashes until it should grow hot, and heartened all my comrades with cheering words. I might see no man flinch through fear. I drew nigh, bringing the stake from fire, and my comrades stood round about, and the gods breathed great strength through us. They took the stake, glowing hot, and thrust it into his eye. movement is Kirki, the witch. In this movement, Odysseus and his men have just arrived at Kirki's house. She is described as a witch and a goddess, and she is undeniably powerful. After ingesting Kirki's bewitched drink, Odysseus's men are turned into pigs. Kirki then becomes Odysseus's lover, and Odysseus forgets about his wife and home. After being with Kirki for a year, Odysseus snaps out of his own delusion and remembers the purpose of his journey, which is to return home. With the forest glades they found the house of Kirki, built of polished stone in a place of wide outlook, and round about it were wild wolves and lions, whom Kirki herself had bewitched, for she gave them evil drugs. Yet these beasts did not rush upon my men, 
but pranced about them happily. So they stood in the gateway of the fair goddess, and within they heard Kirki singing with sweet voice. Fourth movement, return to Ithaca. In this movement, Odysseus has finally returned home, but there is little time for celebration. In the opening quotation, Odysseus reflects upon his own uncertainty in returning home. Odysseus knows that he must slay all of Penelope's suitors, but first he wants to ensure that Penelope can still be trusted. As a precautionary measure, Odysseus disguises himself as an old man before he meets with Penelope, and the violence ensues. So Odysseus sprang up and stood and looked upon his native land, and then he groaned and smote both of his thighs with the flat of his hands and mournfully spoke and said, Woe is me! To the land of what mortals am I now come? Are they cruel and wild and unjust, or do they love strangers and fear the gods in their thoughts? Whither shall I bear all this wealth, or whither shall I myself go wandering on? 
5th movement, Odysseus and Penelope. In this movement, Odysseus has just slain all of the suitors, and, is, and it is now safe for him to return to Penelope. But Odysseus, though cunning he may be, is tricked into giving up his identity by his wife. Penelope deceives Odysseus into thinking that the bed he carved into an olive tree was m moved from their bedroom. After Odysseus expresses his anger, Penelope explains it was only a test to ensure that it really was Odysseus. Penelope outwitting Odysseus illustrates why they are both perfectly suited for one another. This brings us to the end of Odysseus's tale. Then wise Penelope answered Odysseus, Strange sir, I know what manner of man thou wast, and when thou went forth from Ithaca on thy long oared ship, yet come, I'll strew for you that other bed, the one you made yourself. But Odysseus, in a burst of anger, spoke to his true-hearted wife, and said, Truly this is bitter word that you have spoke. Who has set my bed elsewhere? So she spoke, and her heart did melt. Then with a burst of tears she ran straight toward him, and flung her arms about the neck of Odysseus, and kissed his head, and said, Be not upset with me, Odysseus, for in all else thou was the wisest of men.
you've just heard The Odyssey by Travis Turcott, and that's going to bring us to the end of the show for this month. I'd like to thank you all for listening. I'd like once again to thank uh, both Dave Malmberg and Travis Turcott uh, for submitting their pieces um, and giving us a fantastic show this week. And remember, if you have a classical guitar piece and you'd like to have it featured on the show, send me an mp3 recording of that piece send it to chris at classicalguitarcomposers.com and you can visit classicalguitarcomposers.com for information on today's show and previous shows and so as we move on through these dog days of summer i love summer but i know summer is not the favorite time of year for many people out there and it's hot out there and it can get tough. I hope this show has brought to you just a little bit of relief from your troubles. And remember, it's tough out there, but keep on plucking.